Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Welcome back to the show, everybody. I just got back from spending a week in Austin, which I do about every six weeks to see my family and friends there. And while I was there, I caught myself a little cold, probably from hanging around my little nephews. Kiddos tend to carry a lot of germs. So I apologize if my voice doesn't sound quite the same, but I am feeling a lot better and I just couldn't not get a podcast episode up this week because I just love connecting with all of you each week so much. So coming back to LA after I'm in Austin is always bittersweet because I love living here and have amazing friends here that I call my soul family, but I miss the constant connection I have in Austin. I live alone in LA, but when I'm in Austin, I bounce between my parents and my sister's house. It's actually kind of neat. They live on the same street, one door down from each other. So I I go from house to house and get to spend a lot of time with my family. I'm, I'm never really alone. So coming home to an empty house can sometimes feel a little lonely depending upon what I tell myself about it. You see, what I've learned about loneliness is there's a difference between being alone and feeling the pain of loneliness. We do not have to suffer with the pain of loneliness if we're enjoying a connected relationship with ourself and a higher power. The truth is we are never really alone and the illusion of separation of God or higher power source universe, whatever you want to call it, is one of the core misunderstandings we're all here to overcome. But if we tell ourselves things like, I'm alone, I hate being by myself, something must be wrong with me, that I'm on my own, I really need to be with other people, then of course we feel the pain of loneliness. That said, it's very human to want to be connected and to make sure we're getting our soul food by spending time with people who we love. Which is why whenever I come back from Austin, I savor my me time and relish in my personal space, but I make sure to have plans to see my soul friends in Los Angeles so I maintain that feeling of connection. My sense is many of you listening often feel lonely. You're not alone in feeling that way. And I really get that feeling isolated or disconnected is incredibly hard, but sometimes it is the pain of loneliness that inspires us to do the work to nurture a better relationship with ourself or create or deepen our spiritual connection. You'll hear that's exactly what's on the soul agenda for our caller in today's episode, Christina. Her question initially is about the assumptions she's making that are sabotaging her relationship, but what really is at the core of the issue she's dealing with is fear of being alone. She has a track record of being either in toxic relationships or relationships she truly doesn't want to be in just because it was better than being on her own. So as you're listening to this call, consider, do you have a fear about being alone so much so that you jump from relationship to relationship? Do you hesitate to do things alone? And P.S., my blog last week was all about tips for managing social anxiety, especially when you're doing things alone. So be sure to go to christinehassler.com and read that if you missed that last week. Next, are you terrified you will end up old and alone? Do you only feel safe when you're with another person? Are you longing for a deeper connection to yourself and a higher power so you do not have to experience the pain of loneliness or separation? Now, before we get into the call, I want to take a brief moment, as I do, to thank our sponsor for the show, 
Onnit. Onnit is my favorite human optimization company. If you go to onnit.com, that's O-N-N-I-T.com slash Christine, it'll take you to one of my favorite products called Alpha Brain, which I take for focus and clarity. And I have to tell you guys, when I've had this cold, my mind has been a little foggy and I've been taking Alpha Brain. I've actually upped my dose on it and it's really, really, really helped me continue to work and be productive even when I'm not feeling so great. So onnit.com slash Christine, you can try out some Alpha Brain or shop around, try some of their other amazing products. And now on to my session with Christina. Hello, Christina. Welcome to the show. How can I help you? Hi, I'm actually concerned about my relationship that I'm in and I'm making assumptions. Okay. So that's basically what I'm doing. I am bringing up past relationships into this new one. And I feel like I'm sabotaging it by making assumptions which aren't true. Well, first, I really acknowledge your level of awareness around that because awareness is the first step to changing anything. So bravo, five gold stars for that. That's awesome. How long have you been in this relationship? It's actually three months, but I've known him for four years because we worked together. Gotcha. So we've known each other. We know each other's, you know, a little bit of our history, but just Three months ago, we started actually dating and talking and spending almost every day. Not every day, but a, a lot of time. of time together. Okay. Mm-hmm. And what is the sabotaging behavior that you're doing? And what are the assumptions you're making? Well, I've been in three serious relationships before. The first one I was cheated on. The second one was emotional and physical abuse. And then the third one was he said he wanted to marry me and we never did. So all three of those things are now coming into this relationship. Okay. So you assume that what? That A, he's going to cheat on me. B, he's going to be physically or verbally abusive. Or C, he's going to tell me things that aren't true. Well, that sounds very romantic. (laughs) (laughs) Right? I know. This is is my problem. (laughs) So do you want a relationship? I do. I think I paused too long. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I thought I did. I think I do. However, I think I need to get over this last one. This last one really hurt. Well, and it was cumulative, right? So yes, you need to get over the last one and that stacked upon the two other ones because you kept kind of attracting and creating these situations and unhealthy relationships because like you, when the first one happened, you didn't heal that one. And that that's what I mean when I say people kind of when you don't heal expectation hangovers and breakups are one, you just repeat them just with a different cast of characters. So it's all kind of stacked up. So you're incredibly astute in terms of it, you need some time to heal. So when you when you look back on those, how old are you now? 33. You're 33. Okay. Yeah. And how in your adult life, how many years have you spent single, not in relationship? Combined total, maybe three. Three years? Four years. Three, four years. Yeah, three, okay. four years. And when you're single, how do you do? I jump from dating to not dating or just, I don't know, just there's always been someone. There's always you know, been whether, someone. Oh, there's always been someone. Hey, you want to go to the movies? Okay, sure. Yeah, I'll go. That kind of thing. So, so there's always someone. What scares you so much about being alone? Not in relationship. That someone doesn't love me. Hmm. 
Hmm. Even though I know that's not true. <laughs> or that I'm going to be that lonely old woman at 85 with no one and nothing to show for my life when I know that's not true also. Okay. So if you know these things are not true, why do you think you still believe them? I don't know. Well, I have no idea. <laughs> so it sounds like intellectually you know they're not true, but yes. subconsciously you still believe them. Yes. And yeah. it's hard for me to grasp that I'm going to be okay if I'm alone. That's hard for me. Yep. Yep. Which is the <laughs> reason. <laughs> See, this is the – whenever I'm looking at someone's life, I look at, you know, what is their soul attempting to learn by creating the situations they're creating? And one of the biggest things that you're attempting to learn right now is being in relationship with yourself. Yes, absolutely. Because That it is does, exactly what I'm trying to learn. Right. And what do you think you need to learn about that? That I need to be alone. I need to not – I need to learn to love myself first before someone else can love me. Well, and I think maybe you need to redefine the word alone. Because just because you're not in a relationship doesn't mean you're alone. Yeah. I think that that word scares me, alone, loneliness. Mm -hmm. That scares me. So what was so scary about when you were alone when you were growing up? Um... The thought that something bad could happen to me and, you know, I always felt the need that I needed someone there. My parents are both, they are both in law enforcement, so they were gone pretty often. But mm -hmm. I always grew up with the fear that what if something happens to them? What if something happens to me and they're not there? It was just the, that compound effect that what if something bad happens and no one's there for me? Uh, or okay. what if something happens to my parents and I'm left alone? Okay. So you grew up with a lot of fear of losing the people you love. Yes. Okay. So do you see how that kind of creates negative attachment? Yes. Yeah. Thinking about it now, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So growing up with the fear of, you know, because that's scary for a little kid to wrap their head around with both parents and law enforcement. Anything could happen at any time to them. You know, are they coming home? Right? Yes. Yes. So, so of course there was so much fear Whenever you're not with someone, all of that old fear gets activated at kind of an unconscious level. And it almost sets you into sort of a low-grade panic. Yep. Do you, do you see yes. that? Yes. So in a way, it's like to protect yourself, you constantly have to be in relationship, which is why you've even settled for relationships where people have treated you not so great. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Because you'll be like, well, as long as somebody's there, then I'm okay, then I'm safe. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And a part of me sort of feels like that's how I'm feeling again. Hmm. And hmm. I know maybe I shouldn't be in a relationship. I shouldn't. Because when you ask, do you want to be in a relationship, I pause a little too long. Yes. <sighs> <laughs> what was the sigh for? Because I finally admitted it. Yeah. And it took a lot to admit it. Yeah. Well, I really acknowledge you. That takes a lot of courage. Thank you. Takes a lot of courage. So it seems like now really what's up for you is how do you create the feeling of safety without another person being there? That's a challenge. 
Yeah. Well, you can look at it as a challenge or you can look at it as a kind of a new assignment. You just haven't had the opportunity to do that. So things are only a challenge if we don't break them down into ways we can understand. So the first thing would be to write out what your definition of safety is. Okay. A big part of this for you, Christina, a big part of this is going to come to some kind of spiritual practice because the whole alone thing is completely an illusion. And loneliness is only possible to feel if we feel disconnected from source. And I can speak personally to this. I grew up feeling alone a lot of my life. I didn't have friends growing up. I spent a lot of time alone. I watched a lot of TV and I felt lonely a lot. I felt depressed a lot because of it. And in my adult life, I still spend quite a bit of time alone, but I never feel lonely because I've really worked on my spiritual connection and I know that that's always available. And I've also created soul family relationships with people in my life. So the thing about romantic relationships is that Oftentimes they are an effort to try to fill the void we didn't get from our first primary relationship, which was our parents. You know, we kind of move from the primary relationship of our parent to the primary relationship of a partner. And what's so great about friends and the community is that you can practice just relating without projecting all the stuff you didn't get from your parents onto them. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. And the things you didn't get from your parents are basically what you need to give yourself now, that feeling of safety. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm here. I'm just thinking. I'm I'm processing. I'm sorry. Yes, that's absolutely what I need to do. And I have to figure out a way to do that, ways to do that. Well, let's let's see if we can come up with a couple ways. The okay. first is let's let's talk about this relationship because we want to be fair to this guy. You've known him for a while. Yeah. Is he someone that you could see uh, yourself having a relationship with in the future? Yes. Okay. Do you still work with him? Is he still in your daily life? Yes. Okay. Is he aware that you're starting to sabotage things? Yes. Okay. So what if you went to him and said, hey, Mike, whatever his name is, Mm -hmm. I really care about you. I also see that I'm slipping into some old behavior patterns that aren't healthy in terms of a relationship. I don't want to ruin this. And if I don't take some time to focus on me and deal with some things, I'm going to sabotage this. So would you be willing to to take a six-month break? I'm not saying you have to wait for me, but would you be willing to checking back in in six months? That could be good. Yes. I know that's something I need to do. Yeah, well, it's something you can choose to do, right? In service to you and him. And in that time, do you have what? What is your spiritual life like? I grew up Catholic, so I do have a. I'm not a practicing Catholic, but I do revert back to the prayers and talking to God and you know that sort of stuff. So I do believe in God. Okay, that's great. It's great that you have that fundamental belief because it's it's easier to start a spiritual practice when that belief is there. You know, I've worked with a lot of people mm-hmm. who want to start a practice but they don't even know if they believe in anything. So you're ahead of the game right. in that. So I would also start to look for maybe non-religious ways that you can connect to that infinite unconditional love 
and spirituality. Meditation would be great. Yoga would be great. Kind of start to go to the spiritual self-improvement section of bookstores and just sort of see what resonates with you. But start to study. Yes. I think I miss school and I used to love going to school. So I think maybe reading more books and doing stuff like that will help me also. Yeah. Well, and the biggest thing, the biggest game changer here for you is going to be how you relate to yourself on the inside. So in those moments when you feel lonely, Christina, what what's your default? What do you tend to do? To Well, I bring myself down. I say, well, you're by yourself again. Here you are alone again. And no one's going to be there. Like I talk bad about myself. I talk down on myself. Okay. So let's try something. So just close your eyes for a moment and put one hand on your heart. Okay. And even though we're here together on the phone, I just want you to imagine it's later in the day and you're alone. And I want you to, in your mind, in your mind, I want you to see yourself as a little girl spending a lot of time alone worried, almost panicked, afraid. And in your most loving, nurturing words, what would you say to yourself? You're going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. That I love myself and I can do this. I can do this on my own and I'll be okay. Yeah. It's a great start. I'm just going to add a few words to it. You are okay. You are safe. You are loved. There's nothing wrong with you. You are safe. You are safe. You are safe. And you are not alone. Thank you. It's true. It is true. And it's just going to take that repetition, that stopping when I know that I'm going to start panicking. I need to stop, put my hand over my heart, close my eyes and yep. tell myself that. Yep, exactly. Because just know that panic isn't real. It's an old trigger. So if you can kind of say, sometimes what's really helpful to say to ourselves in those moments, Christina, is that was then, this is now. I'm safe. It's okay. I'm not alone. Yep. That's what I have to do. Cause those, those panic attacks, like I, it's so weird that you said that cause that's exactly, I can feel it. That second where I start getting those negative thoughts, it's like, I can feel it from my toes going all the way up my spine to my head. It's the panic attack. That's what's coming. And I know that the second I start feeling that I need to stop, take a deep breath, tell myself, what am I panicking over? It's okay. Exactly. I'm okay. Exactly. That was then. This is now. This is I'm now. safe. I'm safe. And breathing is really important. Yes. Because yeah. I notice also when I get the panic attacks, I tense up and I don't breathe. I, not that I'm forcing myself not to breathe, but I just, my whole body tenses and I notice I'm not breathing. <laughs> and you told me before we started recording that you work as dispatch, right? You take 911 yeah. calls. Is that right? Or mm-hmm. Okay. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) So many things I could say about that. So (laughs) (laughs) that's another session, huh? (laughs) That's another session. But what I, 
what is what is intriguing to me is I imagine that you take phone calls from a lot of people who are panicked. Yes. How do you respond? I have to calm them down. How do you do that? <laughs> I tell them to take a deep breath, speak slowly, and talk to me so I can help you. So isn't it interesting that you've manifested and created a job doing the thing that you most need to do for yourself? Yes. That is so weird that you said that. That is so bizarre. (laughs) Here's the really great news. You know how to do this. You get paid to do this, Christina. (laughs) You get paid to deal with people feeling panicked. And you help calm them down and know what action to take. You know this. You've got this. It's just making the choice to give it to yourself. Wow. Never thought of it that way. Never thought that way. Makes it a lot easier, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Definitely. Been doing this for 10 years. And now why why have I not applied it to my life? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Well, now you're ready. Thank you. Yep. Thank you for putting that into perspective for me. I never thought of it that way. I never saw it. Well, and thank you for the work you do in the world, being that calm voice on the other end for people. That's really, really sacred work. I hope my voice is calming. I hope I help. (laughs) I think you know you do, don't you? I, yes. Yeah. Sometimes we get the callers where they're mean and, you know, you just have to brush them off and don't take it personal and that's it. Exactly. But you know the difference you're making. I do. Yeah. Thank you. Celebrate that, feel that, acknowledge that. I will. So one thing that I love about being a coach is in a lot of ways, it's like detective work. Asking questions and really getting a sense of the person's story is such a sacred discovery. When we understand the puzzle pieces of a life, either our own or someone else's, We understand that person so much better in terms of what's driving their thoughts, feelings, and consequently, choices and behavior. Like in Christina's case, I found it fascinating that both her parents were police officers, and now she works as a dispatcher. As she shared, she grew up with tremendous fear that one or both of her parents wouldn't come home, and now she works in a job where she's dealing with trauma daily. No wonder she's looking for a safe place to land and has been attempting to find that place in the arms of a man. But as she shared, most of those arms have not been quote-unquote safe. They've been a cheater or an abuser or someone who wouldn't commit, and now someone she doesn't sound that into, at least not for now anyway. She is learning one of the major life lessons we all learn, and you've heard come up much in this podcast. It ain't out there. Whatever our it is that we're looking for, safety, security, love, validation, confidence, we cannot find it in another person. As you heard, Christina knew this intellectually, but there's a difference between intellectually knowing something that is not true, but subconsciously still believing it. So what her opportunity is right now is to create that safe place inside herself. She's got to stop playing out the pattern of trying to find it out there. She's got to go back and create security for that little girl who grew up in a state of worry, possibly even panic, a lot of the time. Her sole agenda is to create a feeling of safety without another person being there, to not feel lonely even when she's alone. It's also really about what she chooses to believe about being alone. 
as I shared in the opening, we only suffer when we're alone based on what we tell ourselves about it. And I'm actually going to dedicate this week's Coach's Corner to dive even deeper into this. So be sure to listen to that. I also want to highlight the coaching I gave her to make friendships. Relationships, romantic partnerships can be one of the ways we play out our primary relationship with our parents. In other words, whatever we didn't get from our primary relationship with mom or dad, we tend to try to get from a romantic partner. So it brings up a lot of stuff. What's so great about friends is you can practice relating and connecting without projecting all the stuff you didn't get from your parents onto your friends. It's almost a safer, sometimes healthier way to practice intimacy and connection. And finally, before we go to the assignments, I really want you to remember, you are never truly alone. You are always, always connected to infinite and unconditional love from God, or insert whatever word works for you. Even if you don't feel it, even if you don't feel that all-loving presence, I promise, I promise it is there. Perhaps it's time to get on your knees and just ask for it. Ask to feel the connection. Ask to know you're not alone. So some assignments for you. In the moments you feel lonely, notice what your default pattern is. Like Christina's default is to bring herself down, judge herself, and go into negative self-talk. So instead of going into your default pattern, what can you tell yourself instead? How will you talk to yourself in those moments when you feel lonely so you can feel less alone? And our self-talk is more than just saying it. We have to truly feel it. Next, what we can do for others, we must do for ourselves. As you heard in Christina's case, as a dispatch officer, she has an amazing presence and can calm people down and soothe them. It's part of her job. She's manifested that job. Tells you how much she's craving it, right? So she can do it for other people. Now it's time to turn it on herself. So think of someone that you're incredibly passionate towards or nurturing towards or that you love so much that you speak so highly of. If you can do that for another person, you can do that for yourself. And you deserve to be the recipient of that kind of loving self-talk. Next, cultivate your spiritual practice. Honestly, that's what's eased my loneliness more than anything else. I don't think I'd be comfortable living alone if I didn't have such a strong connection to my higher power. Because... Quite honestly, I don't feel alone because of that. And finally, combat loneliness by making soul friends. It's important to create connections in life. Yes, our connection with ourself and our higher power is so important, but we're human beings, right? We need to be connected and have our soul family around us. So if making new friends and deepening in your spiritual practice is something you have a strong and committed intention about, then I encourage you to consider coming on one of my retreats. I've got two coming up, one in July, just outside LA, and one in Bali in September. All the information is on christinehassler.com. You can also just email jill at christinehassler.com and she'll hook you up with all the details. For now, I'm sending you much love and many blessings. And know, always know, You are never alone and you are always loved. Until next week. Thank you for listening to Over It and On With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings.